<laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our second, that is two, episode of Stay Smart. You know, a lot's have happened since you last listened, one of which I want to announce. Drum roll, please. Oh, yeah, the budget went up. <laughs> nah, actually, I now have a website. Woohoo! It's staysmartpodcast.com. The website will have a page with all the episodes, a blog, and even a spot for you to pitch a topic for us to talk about next time. And I want to formally thank everyone who's participated in this podcast. Without you guys, I would not have anyone to talk to. And me talking for 30 minutes straight is pretty boring. Unless I use funny voices. Maybe next time I'll speak to a helium balloon. <clears throat> you guys are going to love today's episode. And without any further ado, stay smart, take it away. Student loan debt has reached an alarming benchmark. It's now topping $1 trillion. Well, this week, hundreds of thousands of students started classes at colleges and universities. And one thing is increasingly clear. All right, clear. what's the worst the that could happen graduate, to you if you don't pay your old federal student loan? Most students are going to be leaving with a lot more than just a tacky polyester robe. Well, how about the arrest of the last year in debt. The total bill due for students in America tops $1 trillion. We have a world of higher education in America. Today's grand report shows it is twisting the lives of young people and creating a drag. No one should go broke because they chose to go to college. According to NewYorkFed.org and StudentAid.ed.org, $1.3 trillion in total U.S. student loan debt. 43.3 million Americans are currently with student loan debt. And student loan delinquency is at a rate of 11.6%. Direct loans are at $840.7 billion. To me, there's just numbers, and I don't really understand a lot of it. You know, I get that these are high numbers, but we can't give Americans a numeric value. We're so much more than that. We're names and faces, brothers and sisters, friends and frenemies. Perkins loans are at $8.1 billion with $2.8 million Hello. Hey. Oh, okay, cool. This does sound better. Doesn't it? That's weird. Don't you love it? So, question for you. Okay, shoot. How do you, like, when you play this back and you do the edit... Yeah. This is Hunter. I've known him for almost two years now. Hunter and I both interviewed for the same company, and both of us got hired. Yeah, we're that good. <laughs> um, actually, this would be great for <laughs> for part of it. I can make I can make it the awkward one. What? <laughs> uh, so, uh, how do I introduce myself? No, that's stupid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking how to introduce myself. I'm asking how you. Do you say, like, our full name? Or... Hunter asked me to use his first name only because he is currently working on a top-secret project, and I've been promised it will blow me away. Well, what can people bookmark? Uh, I would just go to 
our Instagram pages, I guess. Okay, what's your... Chris is probably going to be doing some Instagram posts about it what's right now. I mean, what's the actual your... Instagram page will be Passion of Man. Passion of Man? It Chris's. does sound like a Camp 4 website. Passion of Man is the Instagram uh, is it, ID. Is it kid appropriate? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely not doing any... Uh, <laughs> passionate, business, manly business. things? There's nothing on there that a kid shouldn't be seeing. Well, granted, half of Instagram is basically something kids should yeah, do. I go in there and I get out of there like I need God. Screenplay coming soon. So Hunter and I were talking about his situation with his student loans. He said that... He said something that struck a chord with me, and it all starts in high school. It, I guess it's all dependent upon your actual maturity I guess starting in high school and I feel like myself uh, wasn't planning at the correct time for a lot of these things um, however if you miss your you know your one chance I, I, there's always other chances to make up for it and I don't think loans in any shape or form is a bad thing um a lot of people have to apply for loans and it's pretty much a school education is the equivalent of like buying a really nice car and it's probably the most important thing you can do so like you're saying people racking up credit and racking up you know student loans at the same time you got to just be smart in your college career to pay off your loans as you go, to pay as much as you can and to not waste your money on things you really don't need. Paying off loans as you go. Hmm. I guess I never really thought about it like that. You got to have good personal finance skills. You have to set yourself up a budget. You got to rework the budget. Uh, you have to know your bounds. You got to set aside money in case this happens, in case that happens. You got to have fun money. You got to set you know, aside some type of amount for you just to go experience, you know, the years that you spend in college. It's not supposed to be all dark and gloomy. Education is one of the most important things. Fun money. There's a word people who are in a budget don't use every day. I asked Hunter what kind of advice you'd give people who are about to sign on the dotted line for that loan. Know what you're getting into, obviously. You're not getting into those student loans. I'm going to be out the door with, you know, after four years of college with only, you know, $40,000, you know, in my student loan. It's not, you know, if you're lucky, maybe, if you have scholarships, maybe. But you got to know what you're paying for, your classes that you're paying for. And I think... Once you understand how the loan works, then you're going to take all your classes more seriously. So I think if there's like one piece of advice I could give freshman students going into school, going into college, you know, they just did their freshman camp, they just did their, you know, welcome week, there's tons of fraternities and sororities going after them, at some point in time, whether it's an older brother, older sister, older cousin, 
mom, dad, whatever it may be, needs to sit them down or they need to go out on their own and see just how much their class that they're taking individually is, how much their tuition is, how much the tuition covers, how much the books are, how much all of that is, and just do a budget for that. And then they'll take their classes more seriously so that they don't have to ever retake a class just to get a better grade in it. That's like the most important thing is just take it as serious as possible. This is investing in yourself. But you need to know how much you're paying. You need to know how it's going to stack up. You got to not buy the nice car. Right, you know, under 25. Just wait, be patient. Patience. I like to call our generation the microwave generation. If it doesn't happen in 90 seconds or less, it's not worth it. Actually, just go on YouTube and search for 90 seconds or less, and you'll find about 120,000 videos with the same title. How to blank in 90 seconds or less. <sighs> Patience. Okay, hello. Hi, darling. How's it going? Good. How was darts? It was good. It's just summer league, so it's not... Um that serious this is my friend heather heather and i also work at the same place as hunter and as a small warning heather likes to talk so when she's passionate about something nothing holds her back so what's your in, in student loans in general what, what's your opinion about them well i think that as far as what you get from it, like, yes, like an education is intangible, but the experience that I got, not just from what I learned, but even more so from the life experience as far as learning how to be responsible and go to class and like really kind of shaping being an adult and kind of learning who you are as a young adult is incredibly important. And what's happening right now is that because of the cost of education in situations like mine, people are starting to consider education unimportant. And so, so many people are now not finding alternative ways to pay for education, but they're foregoing it all together. Heather's situation is a little unique. So long story short, because of her financial status being a minor after graduating high school early at 17, she found herself in the grasps of private student loans. And because of how our laws work, you can't file bankruptcy on student loans like how you can with a credit card. And so after having paid on them for eight, nine years and having paid $40,000 towards my student loans and paid off about $3,500, I was fully ready to die with my student loans. My dad and I tried to get me or get him removed as a co-signer because I was making a lot more money and I had never missed a payment. And we applied and we never even heard back from my borrower. And there's no... They're not required to. I, a company reached out to me and they I picked up the phone and like I immediately just respond with, hey, I have private student loans. I'm not eligible. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they just hang up the phone. And this guy stopped me and he was like, no, we work specifically with private loans. I'm like, oh, really? Well, tell me more. And basically what it is, is it's a manipulation of credit law. It's not even technically... Like basically to start the program, you have to default on your student loan. So I haven't paid 
my loan company in eight months. And um, part of what they do is credit rebuilding, which is awesome because this is going to destroy the credit that I didn't really have because of how much I owed. Heather was ready to continue paying off her loans until she died. I can only begin to think how this is the reality of a lot of Americans. So many of these people, these students that take out loans, they don't have any credit, so their family is co-signed on it. And if they default on it, the the cost that you incur of defaulting on it is something that you'll never get past. I mean, even if you get into a position where you have a good paying job, you, you the payments you have to make to get ahead of it are just astounding. It basically impacts your life in a way where every decision is, will I be able to make my student loan payment? And that's your primary worry, not because you're worried about what it's going to do to your credit or if they're going to come after you, but my biggest fear was always, what are they going to do to my family? The other side of it, which is very strange, especially as a single female, is that you start looking at having a relationship with a man and getting married. And I, for the longest time, I was afraid to tell anyone that I was dating about my student loans. I felt like a financial albatross. And it was one of those things where you look at starting to build a life with someone else and you're already starting, you know, $90,000, in the hole on something that is truly valuable and important for the education and the, the growth of our nation. And we have absolutely no respect for it because people found a way to make money off of it. And the silver lining? There's nothing more important than our education. And I can tell you with someone, from someone who has been royally screwed by the loan system, by the government system, by the financial aid system, by all of it. And a lot of it was me being a dumb teenager because I didn't know any better. But I do not regret my education. I would not give that up for anything in the world. It was worth everything I've gone through. And if anything, it's made me a stronger and better and more resilient person because I know what I've done to earn what I have. And it was hard, but nothing in life is easy. But education is so important and it's paramount to where you want to go in life. And if you look at it short-sightedly as I can go work at Apple as a genius and make $20 an hour and I don't need a degree, what happens whenever you start moving forward in that company and you're looking at maybe getting into a corporate position and a degree might not be necessary, but it's definitely something that they look at as far as what's going to put you ahead. It makes all the difference in the world to say, I did it and this is what I did to get it. Perseverance is at the heart of success. Introduce yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Meg Sullivan. I do you want me to tell like my schooling? Sure. I went to Baylor University and got a bachelor's of fine arts in theater performance with emphases in directing and arts management and marketing. And then after that, I went to Arizona State University and got my Master's of Fine Arts in Theater Performance as well. So now you work as a barista? Meg is a fine example that not all fine arts majors work in coffee shops. (laughs) No, I work, I am a, I'm a freelance teaching artist. I work at Genesis Children's Theater in Plano. I work at Dallas Theater Center. I started a company called Three Strands Theater Company. And tell me about that one. I didn't know about that. Oh, 
yes. Well, <laughs> well it's really fun. Um, it's it's a it's a venue that well not a venue. It's it's an entity that allows me to do the the stuff that I'm really really interested in. I love creating new theater, especially with children. And one of my favorite things to do is to get a group of kids in a room and say, we're not going to do the traditional Cinderella or Peter Pan. I want to know what you're passionate about. I want to know what you struggle with and what you find so joyous in your life. And let's write a show about that. And let's improv our way through it. I'll facilitate, but you are going to take ownership of it. You're going to let your creativity thrive. And in the end, it's going to teach you to be a better human eons more than regular plain old theater does. Do you have a website? I do. Tell me your website. Threestrandstheater.com. That's awesome. Yeah. And best way to contact is just going to the website? Yeah. All my info's on that, my, my email, my phone number, all of that stuff is on there. Please, please do yourself a favor and visit Meg's website. You will not be disappointed with the work that she's done. How did you pay for college? So at Baylor, my ACT score paid for much of my college, which was huge um, because Baylor is not the cheapest school around by any stretch of the imagination. Um, So it paid for... I, don't, I can't tell you a percentage, but it paid for most of it. And then I was a work study as well. So I, um, I worked at the theater. I was in charge of props, um, and that helped. And then my, my parents helped me a little bit too. So it was, and then I had loans here and there, but paid them off like as I was going. So you would get a loan and then they would say, hey, you can start paying after you graduate, and you're like, no, I want to start paying right now. Exactly. I started, I I mean, and it was one of those things where in every loan I've had, I've, like, I've gotten all of the money, I've gotten the disbursement, and then still tried to keep myself on the smallest budget that I could while just putting it, putting that money back into it as much as I could. So, so after you graduated college, did you have any other loans to pay off, or was it all paid off by the time you finished? At Baylor, it was all paid off. Okay. Grad school was a different story. Yeah, I grad after I graduated grad school, um, I had a significant amount of loans, and my goal was to pay it off before we got married. Meg's talking about her husband, Stephen. They got married a year ago in April. Um, so that was, he proposed in April, I graduated in May, and then we got married the following April. So my goal was, I want to pay them off within a year. And I, I moved, moved back into my parents' house and again, tried really hard not to splurge on, on outings very much. And we ate a lot with my parents. They would invite us over for dinner and, you know, you kind of feel like you're reverting back to childhood a little bit, but it's, it's a very small price to pay for, for that financial freedom. So money's super stressful for me. (laughs) And oftentimes, oftentimes I, um, will, this is terrible, but I'll, I'll just be like, okay, it's just over and done with and I'm okay. Um, so I don't remember the exact amount. I know it was 
thousand a year, so it was probably like thirty thousand. Three years of grad school, thirty thousand, which is like so much less than so many people have to deal with. In a whole year, you did all that. Well, yes. During the holidays, you don't really have work anymore because the kids are on vacation. And um, so especially like that December, January, even going into February a little bit, I was like, there's no way. It's not going to happen. I, I can't do it. And then the tax return came. And it like... Like, I kid you not, paid off, I think I had five extra dollars. And it paid off the entire rest of the loan. And my dad was like, well, that's just God telling you to go get a treat for yourself afterwards. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. And I was like. During her undergraduate and graduate, Meg was very smart about how she kept a budget and how she budgeted her money. As far as eating out went, it became less and less and less. I cooked a lot, even if it was just like, you know, a chicken breast and <laughs> a few vegetables, <laughs> um, which so many people were like, oh my gosh, you're so healthy. And I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. just so poor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing the chicken breast, veggie, potato diet. Um, so it was... I did that. Uh, as far as alcohol went, um, <laughs> there was, I think the rule in grad school was you're not allowed to buy wine over $5. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while we would splurge. But um, for the most part, it was, it was mostly food, I think. Aside from being smart about money, Mick gives me a lot of advice on the entire prospect of student loans, a lot of which that I didn't even know myself. Go to a bank. <laughs> Say hi. I need some advice. Um, as long as you get all the information and as long as you know what you're getting into and have an attack plan for paying it back, I mean, it might take a while. It might take a lot of sacrifices, but that's, that's, that's the price you pay. That's the price you pay for getting, getting something scary. It's good. It's adventurous. It's, it's challenging, and it will probably make you a better person, hopefully. <laughs> How do you wade through the mess? Yes. <laughs> um, usually the government websites, anything that's .gov, has got pretty good information. I think Wikipedia, as long as it hasn't been tampered with by some high school English kid who got bored writing their paper. Um, I think it's usually pretty good as long as you can cross-reference and make sure that it's true. But a lot of a lot of just those websites that have solid companies backing them or just the .gov websites, they usually have most of the information. So if I were a conspiracy theorist and a crazy person who didn't trust anything and anything in the world, what would you say? You need some friends. <laughs> 
you need to trust people. <laughs> you have to. You have to take the risk. I mean, of course, people are going to hurt you at some level, but no risk, no reward. You got to have, you got to risk being with people and talking with people and trusting with people if you want to have the, the fulfillment of relationship. <laughs> well, you obviously listen to podcast one. <laughs> <laughs> and the best advice I have ever been given is? Breathing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like adulting is hard. It just is. It just is. And you have to know when you need a break. You have to be able to keep breathing while you're trying to figure it out. And you have to just kind of jump in. I mean, it just is overwhelming. It just is. And I think knowing that going into it is easier. I don't know about easier, but it just, it gives you more confidence maybe, knowing that it's hard. It's a good preparation. <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember one of my professors at Baylor, she's, she told me, she was like, grad school is hard. And I was like, I know. And then I got to grad school and I was like, oh, I didn't know what the definition of hard was till I got here. I kind of feel like that's, that's a little bit of what the whole loan thing is. Hold on. <laughs> Don't freak out. Everything happens as it will happen and everything will be as it will be. And even if it's not the most fun, just hold on. The worst thing you can do is freak out. Uh, learn as much as you can and hold on. <laughs> Grasp it tight. It's a whirlwind. So, I mean, oftentimes when you have nothing, that's some of your best moments. The light shines through. <laughs> it always does. Somehow. Even at your worst, it always ends up shining through sometime. You just have to be able to be open to it and look for it. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's people who just don't see what's behind the clouds. They just see the clouds. Yeah. Because the clouds block what's behind it completely right. For sure. and then it breaks up and then you're like uh, there's already still too many clouds yeah and i also think like we were actually talking about this earlier sometimes in your your deepest darkest parts you need somebody next to you to say hey we're gonna get through this and you need those people to lean on so being able to surround yourself with good people who even if they are in your same boat or not in your same boat, but it's good. It's good to have people. It's good to have good people. <laughs> Make sacrifices. Breathe. Have good people. You know, student loans are a reality about life many of us have to face. But know this, all of your sacrifices all of your ups, all of your downs, all of your headaches and frustrating moments will always pale in comparison to the experiences, the knowledge, and the friendships that you will make through it all. Meg is right. Adulting is hard. Loans or not. But you know what? You know what you want. And you are told it's impossible. And you go and you Get it.
Support for this podcast is provided by me. Until that changes, any donations will always be appreciated to keep this podcast going. I'm running out of Starbucks gift cards, people. Editing for this podcast is provided by Levi Morrison. I want to thank everyone who made this podcast possible. Meg Sullivan, Heather Davis, and Hunter, no last name. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, please visit our brand new website, staysmartpodcast.com, and click on Pitch a Topic. I'd love to hear what you guys are saying. Oh, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes. I'm not only here to help you live smart, but stay smart. (laughs) See you guys soon. This episode is in memory of the victims of the Orlando nightclub shooting. There is a GoFundMe page entitled Support Victims of Pulse Shooting. There will be a link in the description of this episode. Everyone involved in this tragedy is in all of our hearts. There will be a lot of debates going on for the next several months. A lot of people will try to differentiate themselves from you and everyone else they find different. But in the words of the wise Coco Peru, Let us stop drawing lines between each other and instead draw circles to include everyone because we are all a family.